good. Welcome back to Agitator, the modern day Scarface story disguised as a juggalo mystic weeb podcast. We're back like crack. We're up in the cut talking about Voidcon and Japanese black metal. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. With Mr. Evan Dean Shelton. What's up? Uh, what's up, y'all? It is good to be here, man. Introduce yourself to our to our almost at our guests, to our oh, listeners. Sure. Uh as Kelby mentioned, I am Evan Dean Shelton. I'm a writer, podcaster, musician, occult practitioner, fucking massive nerd. <laughs> all of that. Um, uh, I'm uh here to to talk about this con that I'm organ that I have organized that's gonna go down this October. And also to shoot the shit with y'all about Japanese black metal, which is Great timing on the heels of that episode with Adam, man. I don't know, like, if y'all got something in between here and there, but um, it's going to be a good follow-up either way. Oh, yeah. No, we're always hot on the heels week to week, so this is a good follow-up. I'm glad you brought it up because, for one, that's uh, that's nice thematic flow. It makes it seem like we know what we're doing and we don't just make this shit up, like, Sweet. one yeah. step at a time. Yeah. But uh also this music goes hard i want to i want to get into the i want to get into the con stuff first though so like what is um, no problem what is void con Mm. how this start what's the idea behind Uh, it man it started um so back uh 2022 there was uh, there's an author con called remarkably author con and it goes down in williamsburg virginia and like right around April Fools every year. And in 2022, I went up to this author con. It's my first con period. Like I, I'm a big fan of all kind of things that normally get cons, comic stuff, horror stuff, uh, anime, but never been to one. And um, so showed up at this one to to table with my press. We have a press called Castane Publishing and we showed up to slang books as you do. And in the process, we got to meet face to face some of the cats that we published in the, the first book that my press put out was a black metal themed anthology called In the Shadow of the Horns. And the most of the coolest of the writers that we connected with through putting that anthology together, they were coming to that con, too. So we got to meet those cats and hang out for the weekend. And we just had a fucking great weekend, just partying, getting fucked up, acting the fool and being the only non khakis at the con, it's just all these, um, you know, just like uh, like like white folks that drink cold wine, and uh, you know, just uh, <laughs> just I don't like the the kind of people who ask you what you do for money within the first couple sentences of meeting them, uh, them kind of folks. I think that's um, how you make friends and influence people. You ask them how much money they make. <laughs> is that is it, fuck? I'm doing it all wrong, dude. I'm doing it all wrong. Um, so it's like, uh, by the time that weekend was over, we realized, you know, that we we really did like each other as, as well as we thought we did through the internet, and um, became real friends and left that thing thinking like we got to do something together you know we got to become some kind of writer collective and and turn this energy into something that works for everybody and within about a month of getting back home from that con i was like yo what if we did like a book tour that was like a metal tour so instead of it being a, a four or five metal bands it's four or five dudes who have books out and um we book it at metal clubs and like punk bookstores and trying to do grimy non-coffee and khaki shit and and do something a little more rocker and and edgy or whatever and so we did that and we uh we called it the noise in the void tour and we did five cities i think we did um uh fucking chicago and columbus ohio and ashland kentucky and somewhere in pennsylvania and 
then this year when we're we were putting together ideas for like another tour right we're like we're gonna tour again and uh i'm hella broke because we ran our press in the dumbest fucking way possible i know you guys y'all run a press so you know how it is but we uh we insisted on being independent right we were like we're gonna we're gonna fucking print books we're gonna make books and sell books we're not using amazon you know we have a printer and we, we handled everything in-house and we did everything out of pocket and we were yeah we were like we're gonna make it we're gonna fucking be outside the system and, and, and do something and that doesn't work that's that's not how that shit works at all um so uh when when it came time to plan for the second tour we're broke as fuck for from digging ourselves in a hole with this press and i'm like you know what would be a whole lot cheaper than doing a tour is if we just did like a con somewhere if we just posted up somewhere for a weekend and got all kinds of like motherfuckers to come to us and everybody's like fuck that's a great idea you think we could pull that shit off like yeah sure so i just started asking people and putting it together and um yeah it's come together pretty good you know uh considering that we're not doing it's not your basic horror con right like you're not gonna there there's not celebrities there selling you photos for 25 dollars a pop or anything like that it's just fucking underground creators getting together to collaborate to meet to network and to maybe sell some shit to the few randos that come through the door y'all do got some like uh, maybe not celebrities but y'all got some crazy motherfuckers i was seeing there's like this luchador dude who has oh yeah uh, he <clears throat> what's that yeah, guy's yeah. business so he's a uh, gringo fantastico he's on he's got a show on <laughs> trauma now um trauma now is uh i don't know if y'all know trauma if y'all watch total yeah. fucking trash movies but um uh and i say that with all due respect i love trauma but trauma has a streaming service called trauma now and there uh he has a series on trauma now it's um it's called uh uh, Fantastico Disaster Peace Theater or something like that and it's your basic horror B-movie horror host thing he's just like running B-movies and then interjecting with goofy bullshit from time to time but he's yeah, really like insightful and, and fucking funny yeah yeah it's, it's got a big time Joe Bob vibe but just like a little more trauma so a little more like mm -hmm. punk rocking mm -hmm. and grimy and fucked up um and, uh, and he's going to fucking screen one of my favorite shot on video horror films of all time. I don't know if y'all are into shot on video. I know y'all are big time into Miike and, and Japanese stuff. So you, I'm sure like yeah, video vis wouldn't scare you. Visitor Q, Miike, Miike had his own little shot on video. Yeah, exactly. Man, I've been, I've been dying to see that and I, I have. I have not got to it yet. Have y'all seen it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Our very, <laughs> our very uh, second episode was Visitor Q. I wanted to jump in the deep end. It's a, it's a fucked oh, up movie. Sweet. Okay, I'll get to it, man. I'm listening to Agitator like in reverse, so I'm, I'm, I've worked my way back to the '70s now from, from the beginning. That's, that's yeah. funny. That's a funny way to listen because it's you, wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like we just get angry. It's angry. We get, we get angrier and angrier. <laughs> you really do. Back. Yeah. It's like y'all are y'all are poorer and angrier, like the further you go back in the episodes. <laughs> and then like y'all will drop a new episode. So then I'm listening to the new ones when they come out. And it's like, especially the last few episodes, the like JDO got a, a real job and is a lot happier now. And then like I'm back in the 70s when you're like, man. This freelance shit is killing me, bro. <laughs> you can really see how this panned out. <laughs> yeah, that is into like a agitator memento. That's very interesting. And then by the time you yeah. get back to the beginning, I'm living in a, a tiny house in the hood with like people in leotards running down the street with hula hoops, and it gets oh, it's interesting. Okay, it's a it's a cool it's a cool origin story, reverse origin story. Nice, yeah. <laughs> like watching a like watching Scarface on Rewind or Rocky. Oh yeah. You why the, why the fuck were we talking about shot on video? I've forgotten. Oh right, the fucking guy, the Luthor guy. So he's gonna screen one of my favorite shot on video movies of all time, which is Trauma's Redneck Zombies. 
which is wild, man. Like, you want to talk about a classic, like, 90s irreverent horror comedy. It's just, like, full of, um, like, all trauma movies is diverse as fuck. You know, it's full of black people. It's full of queers of all varieties. And cats are just making jokes like you can't you can't really make anymore you know but it's all like from the inside nobody's making fun of anybody it's like because it's trauma but man it's a fucking great movie and he's gonna screen that shit so um we're looking forward to that and he's shooting a live episode of the show for trauma while he's there doing that so that's what's oh, up that's sweet. really cool yeah, yeah that's tight. yeah it'll be fun man i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be field recording while they're might as well. Sweet, sweet, cool. Uh, and uh, then I, another filmmaker that I don't know if you guys know anything about, but it's a guy named Scooter McRae, who also does shot on video horror. And he, especially his second film would be up y'all's alley, man, because it's cyberpunk. And it's, um, I mean, it's, a, you know, it ain't for everybody, right? Because it's, it was made for like $500. It, it it all it entirely takes place in like one hotel. And so the shots kind of get, you know, an hour in, are you like, are we ever going to see anything other than like the, the hallways in this hotel covered in porn? No, you're not. <laughs> it's like 85 minutes of the same fucking hallway in this hotel plastered in porn. But it's this crazy cyberpunk odyssey about this guy this this dude who used to be a cop and he got blown up in some fucking raid and they uh they fixed his body by using the flesh of from the tongues of 16 of the people who died in the apartment fire that he got blown up in so it's like all the skin on his body that burned off is been grafted from the tongues of these people who died in this fire and he is this weird kind of freddy krueger looking uh cyberpunky black dude and he's not That's a cop anymore going, he's dude. just some kind of always oh, dope and then so like That's his homie tight. his homie is this real like androgynous asian chick in fishnets who has two clits behind her eyelids what (laughs) so when she blinks she's like jerking off it's fucking (laughs) like you can't you 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 have to see it there's no way to really just like explain 16 talks (laughs) i'm so glad that you came on the show because kelby and i have been talking about this for a long time on several of the episodes that we've done we've pondered why it is that people don't just go out and make their own movies But Mm. what I had in the back of my head and what you're confirming for me now is that they do. They actually do that. It's just that you have to find it because the internet's not going to show you that. Right. So it's called 16 Tongues. (laughs) Yeah, 16 Tongues, man. Get this guy on the show, Kelby. We're going to make a note of that. Dude, Scooter, he would love to come talk to y'all. He's a fucking trip, too. Like He's hilarious. That's so, and so, uh, yeah, but we're going to be screening his newest joint, which is called St. Frankenstein. And it's about like Frankenstein in 2020 or whatever. And at this point, Frank's been alive so long that they done got into like body, uh, like complete body autonomy. So Frank's like swapping out parts to become like whatever, he, whatever it wants to be. And at this point in time, Frank is this kind of mostly kind of female. Eh, you can't even really call it that because it's got all the parts. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, Frankenstein is just straight on the internet, like on dating sites, hooking up with people in hotel rooms who want like a, a real, a real wild sexual experience. <laughs> yeah. So that's Scooter's whole deal. Like all his movies are real, like um, sexual to the point of being pornographic. Like, uh, like Sixteen <laughs> Tongues and Shattered at his first movie, they both have like actual triple X scenes in them. All right, there we, we go. Collab with this motherfucker, like outside Dude. of even having him on the show. Like I want to, I want to make some movies with this 
with this fool. For real. He's up in New York, man. He's closer to you than – wait, no, he's not. He's closer to me than you, I guess. Yeah, You're in Texas, right? Yeah, that's, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty long way. I'm at the <laughs> bottom of Texas. Oh, I went on. to the I went to the Gulf of Mexico today, DoorDashing. Oh hit shit! This. Okay. It was like, hey, you want this? It's like an eleven dollar tip. I was like, cool. And I like to have a good acceptance rate, so I just press yes on everything. And it took me all the way to the coast, and I was like, oh man, this is about to be something. I'm glad I I, I stay strapped when I go out. So, right uh, on, yeah. down down there, it was like. It was like trash heap central. Like Freeport, oh, Texas is a uh, is wild. It's like there's like an annual knife fight on the beach and shit. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just like a lot of brawls and shit. Shit gets wild down there. It gets hot oh, and a yeah. lot of people are on meth and stuff. So like people okay. just get, terrible. They get crazy. Yeah, but it was it was up in like just just trash haven where you know there's like 10 gutted cars in the in the yard there's like five big dogs with no leash and i was like right and it's like it's like three quarters of an acre but it's this little bitty like trailer that you'd like like this they're it's like a rubbermaid trailer basically or like a shed you buy at home depot and i was like all right all right this is cool whatever i'm glad i checked for the dessert you know i don't want this motherfucker getting mad about having no cheesecake and uh right so i what did they order uh some kind of mexican story but no it's it's funny like i'm glad you said that actually because it paints a to paint a more clear picture of freeport even it's like uh demographic wise it's like a lot of black people and then but like business wise it's a fuckload of mexican places like just mexican joint after mexican joint and that that's what they ordered was like some uh some enchiladas or something and then a cheesecake and uh <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so you know it's a winning combination but when i yeah. i go up to the i go up to the door right and the uh it it cracks open a bit there's this naked bitch on the couch and then this this dude with like eyes the size of my fists like he's just like all pupils and he's what just like hey. he, he's like 60 something maybe or maybe he's in his 40s and just done too much you know but he's got like tattoos all over and bite marks on his chest. He's like, "Hey, yeah, oh, appreciate appreciate you, man. Thanks." And I'm just like, "All right." Back. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been yeah. having some uh, been having some fun adventures running around. That it's been good. I'm treating it like writing now. Actually, I'm like, you know, uh. Who was it? Autumn Christian was acting like she was working at Chili's just for research or whatever a little while back. And uh, wait, but she was just she was just working there, right? Yeah, yeah, she was like working at Chili's, (laughs) right? Like, like for the paycheck. I'm imagining so. It was like right Right, before she had a baby, and she was like, uh, sure. But she turned it into this bit. (laughs) She was like, you know, today at Chili's, and it was all just like, you oh, know, I'm yeah. here, I'm here for content or whatever. It was pretty Good genius. But yeah, uh, thinking yeah. about Autumn Christian working at Chili's is really funny because it really is. I've hung, I've hung out with Autumn. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife gave her a ride home or back to her hotel once at a con, and the whole time she was in the car, she looked like she wanted to jump out of the vehicle and like run away. So picturing yeah. her s- selling people on five dollar yeah. apps is really comical to me i can see that yeah <laughs> she she followed me on twitter for like two days because i um it was weird it was like we both happened to post about pantera on the same day or something like she posted pantera song so did i and she like thought that meant i was one of her alt-right homies or whatever uh-huh. <laughs> and then she so she started following me and then like 48 hours later she was like oh my bad you're you're not one of my all right homies at all no. oh i thought i, th- I thought, i'm really uh, not I thought, I thought voidcon was an alt-right convention 
Oh yeah, word. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're having yeah. A, a notorious fash adjacent uh transphobe asshole. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> you know, table. Wait, or is that you? Okay. All right. I don't even know I what mean, fascist I'm... adjacent means anymore. I told my girlfriend other, mm-hmm. I was like, if you're American, you're like fascist adjacent, right? Like that's a good point. It's a solid point. Um, yeah, I don't know no, I, uh, it is really funny that because Kelby and I get together every week and we do this podcast and, you know, we have lives, we are intentionally, intensely not involved in online bullshit. Right, so it's yeah. always funny when you remember that that stuff and that there are people who do listen to this show just to like comb through and be like i wonder if they're gonna say a word this time (laughs) (laughs) that's wild man it's wild it's like how do how they hear the words without hearing the rest of the episode is there some kind of they got some kind of bot that let's give people context (laughs) let's give people context though you got hate mail for void con uh why because you're gonna have kelby coming or something like that yeah it was like you're you you claim to be uh cool but you're but you're having kelby and you're retweeting cat or whatever uh adam lear fastest adjacent i mean i don't know man like the the tweet just it was like it had us tagged in it it was like they're gonna be on the show so um i I like retweeted it and i don't know anything about adam lear um yeah and again i think we're probably all fastest to jason (laughs) adam's a good guy um the uh conversation was so beautiful too it's always funny when they're like it's like two and a half hours of gold yeah it's it's like like, two and a half hours of gold and then like oh but he said the word he said yeah like you were saying like do they have a bot like the, did you listen <laughs> yeah to it's the... crazy it's I, like I, I read the, the, I read the thing conversation that around too. them i read the thing that you posted too and they they didn't even have the right word that he said too they were like he said negro uh... like no he said negress different word well less <laughs> a less offensive word <laughs> well, i thought he i thought he did say negro genetic Oh no, you're right. You're right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He did say yeah. that actually. Yeah. Wait, my again bad. quoting. You're right. Again quoting somebody. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. quoting yeah. somebody, and it's a joke, and he's got a whole explanation there in y'all's conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like there's there's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with what to do. Yeah, said, but it's 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 worth bringing up to laugh about. But I uh, I was talking to Kelby about that because I'd seen it, and it's just funny. The point that I'm trying to make is that it's really funny when you separate yourself from it because these oh, yeah. people take this shit so seriously it's like it's so oh, it's, it's like fuck we gotta keep the and i'm just bat in the background like nobody reads y'all shit like no. what are you what are you fighting over no. like what are what are and is it <laughs> by the way I, I have to bring this up isn't the urge yeah, to probably. keep a scene no matter what that scene is totally pure a little fascist yeah like, we yeah, have to keep part this of the, yeah. we have to make sure that everything is clean and pure and and yeah. you know 100 percent. this it's like uh, i don't know that seems mm. a little uh yeah. seems a little bit like the thing that you're talking about not liking but maybe yeah. that's just me. no it's it's terrible yeah it's a larp man it's all a fucking larp and you know uh not only does does none of it matter <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah the the yeah. whole uh, pretending like there's a community is like that's not real either a, a bunch of people that you fuck around with on social media every day are not a community man you don't know those people and you attaching yourself to those people in in some kind of way that that is gonna later create guilt by association is fucking crazy it's fucking no you're absolutely right a community is a group of different people who think in different ways who look differently who act differently who have a a very uneasy truce to not kill each other that's what (laughs) actually is yeah who who can simultaneously they can simultaneously get together and have a beer and cook out and whatever and then when tuesday rolls around and 
your Mexican neighbors are up late blasting mariachi music, you can be like, I'm oh, going to kill them. Shit. Like, I'm yeah. going like, <laughs> to I'm but then you see him on Saturday, they're mowing their lawn, you're mowing your lawn, you're like, hey, what's up, Juan? He's like, oh, not much, mowing the yeah. lawn? And you're like, yeah, bro, me too. And you're like, man, Juan's <laughs> fucking cool, man. That guy, he just, <laughs> he just, he just does his thing. That's, that's, he's that's just cool. loud on Friday nights, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, yeah. he's just loud. And I wish he wasn't, but he is. And, and that's the way <laughs> yeah. it has to be. That's the whole thing. I yeah. mean, the word community suggests a kind of, um, uh, well, community is all about like how much you can tolerate, basically. Like you can't be a community if you can't tolerate people. If you can't tolerate people, then you are uh, right, and that—that's the difference between a community and uh, um, I don't know what's the other word, like a cult. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's hard not to use uh, the word cult, right? Exactly. There's, there's and those, a lot and of words, are also yeah. communities are also self-regulating too. So if somebody gets really out of pocket, then you just go like, "Hey, bro, come here. I got to talk to you for a second. And then you talk yeah. to them, and you're like, "Man, dude, look." you're out of pocket. I mean, we've all been there, right? I mean, we've all been to parties and shit. There's always one guy who gets too fucked up and then somebody has to pull him aside. I've been that guy on several occasions, right? Like oh, yeah. there was a, my friends still uh, bring this up. It's like a, a joke that we have among ourselves. And the joke is your P code is gay, right? Where does that come from? Well, <laughs> David went to a party and was just fucking i had had like 12 before i got there i was doing shots i was like and i was talking mad shit to everybody because <laughs> so, it was a it was a party that was at my friend's house and you know it was like uh, i was being rude and at one point this girl was trying to talk to me and i was like i don't care bitch what like i was just i was being a dick like there's no excuse yeah. for my behavior but I was sitting on the porch and that girl's friend came out to talk to me, dude, friend, probably a friend zone, dude. Right. Uh -huh. It was like waiting in the wings, you know, and he's all there to like defend her honor. He's like, you can't talk to people this way. And he's talking and talking. He's giving me this big monologue, right? This monologue goes on for like five minutes and I'm just looking at this peacoat that he's wearing. Right. And look, I'm like smoking a cigarette and he's going. And when he finally reaches like the fucking dead poet society crescendo of his speech, I just go like, man, your peacoat is gay. And he goes, my peacoat is gay. And he like rips it off and like lunges at me and a bunch of people tackled him. That's a, that's a community. That's what a community actually looks like. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I woke yeah. up. I never apologized yeah. to that guy because I don't know that motherfucker. But the next day I went his to his peacoat was gay. Yeah. I went to my buddy Chris's house and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. He was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> and, then, and then you just <laughs> like, I don't on. know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But that weird fucking, you know, the, the Gestapo, the community Gestapo thing is fucking strange. Real strange. You can see people are just like uh tired of it too. Like Oh hell yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's wearing thin, man. And people are just starting to ignore it. People are just checked out. Cause you can't just you can't keep going like that. Eventually you run out of people. Like then it gets to the point like you said, it's like, I mean, we're all fascists adjacent. So what are you even saying? Like so yeah, everybody's well, walking on eggshells like sure. fuck. And yeah. then if everybody's walking on eggshells, you start going like, man, fuck it. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's exactly the kind of vibe I ain't trying to present with this con where we're not doing any of that shit. It's, it's not a circle jerk of uh, safe space nonsense. Like it's just, um, it's just creators and in particular, like people with a, a horror angle, or people who are horror adjacent, or whatever, and uh, you know, I I just don't think there's any space for that kind of thing in dark art whatsoever. There's no yeah. No can you space for, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's just safe, that's crazy. Safe spaces and transgressive uh, and transgressive art circles. <laughs> it's like yeah. Well, that's yeah. what happened to Bizarro, Evan. You know about Bizarro? A little bit, man. A little bit. 
A little bit. Okay. So I came up in Bizarro. I would go to Bizarro Con most years. It was up in Portland. I love those people. Eraserhead Press. Uh, those are all my friends. You know, Jeremy Johnson, Cameron Pierce, uh, Carlton Mellick. Those are my dudes. But um, when all of this kind of stuff was going down, um, people started going after Bizarro people. And a really strange thing happened where some people were like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to back away from all this. And then other people leaned into it. And it was just so strange to like, you know, see people who had written books called like, I don't know. Well, you can imagine what the titles are, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Who are yeah, all of a sudden yeah. like, who are all of a sudden like, this genre is full of uh, bigots. And I'm like, you all know that's not true. That's what gets me about this whole thing. And then I'll shut up about it because it's not super interesting. It's just the it's just the <laughs> fakeness. The fakeness of the whole thing really bothers me because it's like you just you see these people doing this, including that bit of hate mail that you got. And it just reeks of like, I don't believe the person who sent that cares or believes what they really what they said. It's just a thing they do on Saturday night. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um it's it's either that it's either just as simple as as something they fire off to like personally feel better or there's some kind of weird ladder they think they're gonna climb with that you know yeah right that's that's part of it too for sure um but either way yeah yeah it's it's all it it just comes from a weird a a place that's like outside of outside of the heart and it's uh it's sad it's pathetic I think so too. I want to talk a little bit more about Void. So who else you got coming to VoidCon? What are y'all going to be doing? Uh, so big deal, folks. Uh, well, we got a lot of writers, right? Um, and we'll, we'll be doing a lot of readings, which is pretty basic shit, right? Except for our writers are perhaps a bit more interesting than folks you get at other cons. But then we're doing some odd duck shit. Like we have a couple of screenings. Um. We have that live thing for trauma, which is also a screening. And then we're doing some, I don't know, some shit that, like, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call invisible theater, which is a term I picked up from actor nerds I used to hang out with in Australia. But it's like we're going to have a couple of a couple of rooms at the hotel that have loosely scripted sort of situations that happen within the room. And within the space of the con, there will be uh, like a sort of series of clues that will lead you to one of those rooms if you're if you're looking for that, and you can go and have that experience. Um, we've got some art installations. We've got on Saturday night a like an after party thing with bands that are closing down the thing, which is. Um, we've got black metal and uh, ritual noise and like synth, cinematic synth, sort of John Carpenter kind of stuff. And then the uh, the closeout band for the night is just a straight up like old school 90s Coke rock band called the Dionysus Effect. It's your homie Christoph from Clash Books. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his, it's his band. I uh the last uh, last time I was at Bizarro Con, I was going to get a beer with uh Tiffany Scandal and Cody Goodfellow, and I hear in the room next door uh, a guitar solo rendition of Lil John and the East Side Boys. Yeah, there and you go. That's it the, was that's the diagnosis effect. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that shit's fucking fun, man. Yeah, <clears throat> I know y'all like kind of you know had a few things to say about clash and the way they um they don't particularly have like a strong thematic or aesthetic as a press they just sort of kind of are all over the place and you know here or there on that but christoph is a really cool dude and we met at that con back when i met the rest of the fellas and I like i'll love christoph forever man because we were doing a table discussion at that con as indie publishers and somehow or another i'm not even gonna pretend to remember why this came up but somehow or another like um the the 
the topic of checking out people who sub to your press came up and this person who ran a particular press, I'm going to leave them nameless. <laughs> they mentioned that they'll go through your social media. Like if you send them a story or a book or what, if you sub to their press, they'll go dig around online and see what you're into, see what kind of shit you've been saying, all that, you know, and make sure like you hadn't said anything out of line before they'll check out your work. And that ripple sort of went to the table discussion and most everybody there was agreeing with that. But me and my partner at our press were looking at each other and he's like biting his lip. Like he, he's a real, he's a bit more of a loose cannon than I am. He's either got, got to keep his fucking mouth shut or he might say some wild shit. And so he's just keeping his mouth shut and, uh, and everybody's looking at us like, are you going to speak? And I was like, look, we don't give a fuck about none of that. <laughs> We're not going to check you out. I don't care what you've been saying. I don't care what you look like. I don't care about any of that shit, man. Like, if the story's good, if the book is good, that's what we care about, whatever. And uh, and Kristoff from Clash was the only one on the panel to real quick like be like, yeah, like, we're with them. We don't give a fuck about any of that. It's about the work for Clash, you know? And so for me, Kristoff will always be cool because of that. And and he backed up our con idea real early when he was like, you know, you want our band to play? I was like, fuck yeah, man. They're just a party band. Yeah, it's just a straight up party rock band. It's going to be fucking great. Yeah, yeah. And, and Clash as um as a, a press they've it's it's been interesting watching them develop and they've definitely got some uh uh well they've undoubtedly published some really great shit i'm read i just read bad foundations by brian allen carr coming out uh in october yeah what's that like man that shit is fire like uh brian's the, brian's the homie um he won't hop on signal, so we still talk on the phone like like old men, I guess. But right uh, but he, yeah, it's it's like, uh, I'll just say it whether it's true or not. I keep trying to get. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you you can't quit. But he's like, this is my last fucking book. I'm fucking done. And I'm like, I, I keep. He says that shit a lot. But I read by the time I got to the end of Bad Foundations, I go, it just has this finality to it. Of oh, like like, okay. like this yeah. like this grand sense of return. It felt like and he ain't even see I was like, You seen Twin Peaks? He was like, Bro, I don't want to hear what you thought it was like. What was the book like? And I was like <laughs> I was like, Well, it was like the end of Twin Peaks the return. It felt like, you know, this is over, like so right. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's just, okay. it's, it's really, it's just bars on top, of, on top of bars and really funny and then really sad and just, and weird. It's real good. Cool. I think, uh, like, I've got a bunch of Clash books, but I think the only ones I've read are um, Duvet Knox and uh, Charlene Ellsby. I think are the only ones I've actually got I into fuck with yet. Duvet. <laughs> oh hell yeah a character yeah duvet fucking rules man he gave me a, a fucking blurb for my book duvet fucking kicks ass i, I had love to that pick dude, man. uh i just take whatever people say about me publicly and i'm like cool that's a blurb uh word, he, word. <laughs> he's he said something nice that i ended up putting in my next collection but i was almost gonna i wanted to put uh slaps harder than will smith Duvet Knox, author of the Pussy <laughs> Detect. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. 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 Duvet's fucking cool as shit, man. I, I thought think he was, like I no, go I, ahead, man. I thought he was literally a character for a while. I was like Man, so <laughs> I've seen some people talking that shit on uh on Twitter. People were like, um this one account was like on a tirade about that shit for a little while i was like duvet knox is not fucking real he's a fucking character blah blah, blah. and i'm like no that that cat's real like i've seen him on video and i've heard him on a podcast and shit like, he's a real dude chill out yeah and, and also I've... like we used to talk a bit before he bounced on social media but we used to talk a fair bit yeah we email uh we email back and forth from time to time 
and he yeah. uh, I tried to get him to come to the con, but he, he was like, I can't pull it off, dude. I know. Yeah, he said something like, "I got some uh, uh, some beef with some people or something." I don't know. I was just like, "Okay." Oh <laughs> shit! I love okay. about Duvay Knox so much is that he says all this crazy shit, and it reminds me of the meme of the guy with the two big red buttons. You know what I mean? Where it's uh-huh. like, uh-huh. "Be woke or be racist," mm-hmm. because like he'll say something and be like, <laughs> "Oh, but he's black." uh yeah should I, yeah, yeah, yeah should i should i de-platform and censor a black man or should i call right. out the the misogyny and transphobia which way do i go and it's yeah, like oh, exactly God, you're in it now you've you yeah, made yeah. this bed you gotta deal with uh, it too bad buddy yeah <laughs> i think that's where that whole he's not real shit comes from because they don't want him, they want him to be some white dude pretending. They said to that be. same shit about Quan Mills. That's why they they like the Quan Mills uh, is the author of uh, uh, Pastors Need Pussy too, and uh, this, uh, this, this this hope this, this hope got, coochie stank. This hope I thought he was fake crib. though. Is he's, he fake? He's, he's a, I no 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 no. That's a total supposition, dude. Like I don't know if you if you're telling me you fact check the shit and he's real. Like I believe you. I'm saying I'm seeing the book covers, him. and I was like, man. Is that? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I, I'm going off about the same amount of info you have. Uh, well, no, I take that back because well, I you heard a podcast. So that's... I did hear a podcast with him. So, I mean, is it possible um, to hire a black guy to pretend to be you on a podcast? Yes, sure, 100%. yeah, sure. Um, sure. But I think to your point, it's a solid whether group, or not, yeah, yeah, whether <laughs> yeah. or not Quan Mills is real or not. Uh, on the duvet knox tip you're absolutely right it's like they don't want him to be real because that yeah it's a problem yeah it creates a problem yeah because a bunch of like you know how it is every time the those type of people they like latch on to a thing and they hype it they're like this is the fucking movie this is the book this is the album whatever and then a little bit down the line they find out oh no that person said some shit you wouldn't say on the internet oh fucking dear gods and then it's like they got to come up with some reason, you know, to like mm-hmm. to shake off their uh, their perceived association. And that's all that shit is about Duvet. Duvet. It's like, yeah, they just like rather than rather than just admit that, like, he's perhaps on the Internet saying shit that you wouldn't say and that you don't agree with. Rather than just accept that, you're like, well, he no, he must just be like a fake human being. But no, nah, man. Yeah, people don't want to touch black black people's relationship to trans people. I sit back or like the meme, it, like yeah. uh, oh. like the let them fight kind of thing. But I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is very interesting. You clearly don't know very many just normal black. I'm not generalizing all black people, but sure, just the normal most. Just the normal ones. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just, just like just, it's like, just go, go ask them what they think about that shit. Just sure. do it. Just just as an experience. Um, yeah, sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm from the south, no, man. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're in Georgia, dude. You're so, in I Georgia. Mean, you, yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I get it. Yeah. I feel like Oklahoma is <clears throat> probably more woke than Georgia. Um, probably. Least, yeah. I mean, I came that? to Oklahoma. I came to Oklahoma, and there were like five trans people in a row at at a couple of different restaurants. I was like, Yeah, it's oh, because we're punk as fuck. They, it's because like they Oklahoma, actually exist. <laughs> Oklahoma is very is punk, so, is true. Yeah. It's very punk because it is largely so Oklahoma, in terms of uh political demographics, is the most red state in the country, except for it's either Wisconsin or Wyoming. It's one of those two that beats us. We only Shit. have one blue county. One blue county. It was the county that Kelby visited me in that I was living in it at the time. (laughs) And that kind of environment where everybody. So Oklahoma, this is probably the same of Texas, probably the same of Georgia. But Oklahoma is a place where we all exist in our weirdo shot on video bizarro world where like everybody's weird and cool and and fucking has strange thoughts about things. And then you realize that you're actually surrounded by 
cartoon caricatures of like Ned Flanders, basically, is what you're surrounded by, you know? And so when you live in that environment where there's crosses everywhere and people genuinely believe that shit, like that's, that's real to them. Like that's their reality. It creates a kind of genuine, and this is what I've always loved about Oklahoma. It's why I still live here. I live in my hometown that I grew up in. Um, what I love about it is that the community that it creates is so much more real and cool, I think, than any Brooklyn, LA, fucking big city hipster bullshit. Because like, these are people who actually like, like people who we're talking about, whether that's, you know, trans people, gay people, whatever. It's cooler than it was when I was in high school, but it's still not cool with the major population. So they actually are being punk as fuck just walking down the street, right? In a way right. that you're not in one of these big cities, right? I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy that you're walking around <laughs> fucking Bushwick and you're like, oh, I mean, like people are trying to kill me. No, they're not. No, they're not here. <laughs> they are. They actually are, right? right but it makes yeah. for a really cool group of people who are different and have, uh, you know, varying perspectives on things you'll meet some of the some people who think the craziest shit like you'll you'll see what they look like and then they think the opposite of what you think they're going to think and it creates really strong as we were talking about earlier communities where uh you know they they're also not doing this like twitter bullshit where they're trying to find out what words you said that aren't right you know because they live right, here yeah. they need all the help they can get <laughs> like they, like they can't <laughs> sure. be picky about who they're friends with so i don't yeah. know oklahoma pride yeah. i love this fucking state best state in the u.s <laughs> nice man i don't think i don't think i've ever spent any time in oklahoma not very many people yeah. do <laughs> unless <laughs> you unless unless you live here for some reason for whatever reason but uh, yeah. it's great, man. It's beautiful. Uh, we've had a lot of rain this year, so the grass has actually stayed green into August. And uh, I don't know. I love the native cultures. Um, I even like the rednecks, you know? I like it all. It's yeah. all cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. Cool rednecks are cool. Yeah, exactly. Cool people are cool. Rednecks are great. Like, so down, down here, everything is very influenced by uh, Houston, so like all the South Texas, the DJ Screw shit, you know the swangas. People put swangas on their Honda Civic. Uh, right, right, right. Like all that shit, and uh, you know rednecks get into um the music too. Like a, it's a heavy hip hop culture, like music wise, and they uh well, and the the med- rednecks kind of blend too with like everywhere around here is half country like half beach half country half city half country like there's all there's these little right right. you know there's a trailer parks and pastures no matter which part you're in so from like school you're making friends with people who like on the weekend are like hey let's go hunting and you can just throw a shotgun in the bed and like go off into the woods it's not really like you have to go know somebody who has a deer lease or something and so like you get into some wild shit or go mud in or whatever and uh that's how like a lot of people intermingle because that shit's free to do besides the cost of like ammo or gasoline or something you know and so there's a like like there's a different type of redneck down here that's pretty are y'all doing tilted wheels down there interesting you talking about the way that how they tilt the wheels? Yeah, yeah, tilted wheels. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that shit looks so clean. Oh. It's so dope. It does, and it's it's hilarious watching people go over it because we also like we're below sea level, so every time I see it, I'm like, you fucking idiot. But it is <laughs> really, it is really cool looking. It rains in our street flood. Like we're an island. If we're in the house and it rains for a few minutes, we're like well not going anywhere for a while but uh yeah people still want to push their car to like half an inch above the ground for whatever reason yeah yeah (laughs) because it looks tight tell me about this black metal shit oh shit um 
You mean specifically Japanese or, or black metal mm -hmm. like in general? Yeah. Well, you sent you sent this list. <laughs> let's let's go let, let's go through these these bands because you sent. Uh, oh sure, man. Yeah. You sent a hit collection for sure. Like I was there. Sweet. There's some good shit to say about all of them. So how did you yeah. how did you get into Japanese black metal to begin with, and then how did you? Uh, why are these bands the ones that stand out? Um, well, well, like I'm, I'm just a black metal nerd, and you know, in general, so that's why I ended up listening to Japanese stuff. But because um, you just you, you branch out, you just like go into every corner of black metal you can. But uh, those bands stood out to me. Um, I think I got lucky. I, honestly, I think they're, they're some of the first bands that I found, and they happen to be some of the best. And but also the thing about Japanese black metal is there's a lot less posers in the, the Japanese scene than there are elsewhere. Uh, Japan is a little. I mean, y'all y'all know how it, how it goes in Japanese art. And Japanese is Japanese art is a less censored, right? Than, than sort of other art and entertainment scenes elsewhere. Things are um, a bit freer there. And so they, in Japan, black metal in general seems not to have settled into any, they haven't commercialized too bad or, or like uh, tried to gentrify themselves in the safe zones and shit. And that's the whole thing with black metal. Black metal is supposed to be you know, the most dangerous, offensive, uh, terrible, disturbing music on planet Earth. And in in places like the States where you can't even, where it's tough to be properly offensive and disturbing and uh, and all of that. In Japan, you can be, you know, you're, you're a bit freer to be disturbing and to be offensive. And so their scene is just sort of less posery than ours. And those bands are kind of a close-knit group, like in particular Abigail and Barbatos. Abigail and Barbatos are basically the same fucking band, just two different names. Abigail is a bit more like sort of grimy, um, tits and ass, party, uh, whiskey and cocaine kind of black metal. And Barbatos is more... World War One, World War Two, Japanese imperialism, sketchy black metal, but it's the same dudes. They're just yeah. under a different name. Barbato, yeah, yeah. Yosuyuki Suzuki is like that's his uh Barbados. I think was his solo side project for a while, and then it grew into a band. Um, oh, cool. So, do you know him from from elsewhere? Or? Yeah, from Abigail. Just the, oh, okay, uh, cool. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's fucking cool, man. Like, I got in touch with him one time to, uh, I wrote, um, like, I do a podcast and I write audio dramas and I wrote this World War II horror audio drama and I wanted to do, I wanted to fill it with music from, from Barbatos and Psy and I got in touch with, with him and he was super cool about everything. He was like, man, knock yourself out. Any Barbatos or any Abigail you want to use, do whatever you want. And I was like, man, what if I want to press this shit to tape and like sell it? You know, what do I need to do? And he was like, just do it. I don't care. I was like, okay, thanks, man. Hell yeah. That's tight. Yeah, yeah real cool dude. And he's involved in, you know, when, um, like I said, black metal is, uh, because it is the, supposed to be sketchy, offensive, disturbing, terrible a lot of people push it as far as possible, right? And and that's why you get um, all the Nazi shit in black metal. And Japanese people push it in a weird, different way. They do this thing called um, RAC black metal, which stands for Rock Against Communism black metal. There's also <laughs> RAC. There's RAC Let's punk. Go. <laughs> um, so I, I think it started with RAC punk. That was that was first, and then RAC black metal. I think was second, sort of sprung out of that. And that's them being sketchy in J in Japan, being very very anti communism is sort of sketchy. 
and being uh, vaguely at least pro imperialist Jap Japan is sort of sketchy, you know, because I mean that's you're essentially saying uh, Axis shit is cool. Yeah, essentially <laughs> saying Nazis are cool is like essentially what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, may, I mean, what do you think about this? Because I mean, Japanese imperialism goes. It predates World War II. Oh, it's II. a lot older. Yeah, a lot older than Nazis. Yeah. It's like that. It's kind of like Yukio Mishima type music then, right? Like we need an emperor, Absolutely. Oh, he's you know, big in RACs. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's on quite a few tape covers. <laughs> Japan, is, Japan is so unique when it comes to the nationalist kind of shit because every time, oh, yeah. you know, I always get it. Even though from a like perspective of like, you know, you know, we're, we're all creatures of the world and let it explore as much as you can, as much as you, you know, respectfully or whatever, like, you know, I love mingling cultures and all that shit. But geographically and socioeconomically, like whenever I always understand the Japanese nationalist stance, honestly. And like the shit that goes back to the imperial days of when, like when they were like, no, this is our way and it's going to stay this way. I mean, it's like, okay, bro, they're on an island. Let them have it. Who cares? You know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, it ain't going to go like it, it's an island, but it's a pretty fucking big island. So like, it, yeah. Yeah, it ain't yeah. ever going to revert these, back at this point. But. Do these bands have a coherent ideology or is it strictly punk oh shit? no 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 yeah it's just punk stuff it's just mm -hmm. it's just to be offensive it's just reactionary mm -hmm. offensive stuff you know especially mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. um for yuki uh yuki that's his name right kelby yeah yeah yuki yosa yuki yeah um his like with abigail and barbatos he's just trying to be he's just pushing buttons you know mm -hmm. And everybody knows that uh, when you're a black metal artist, your your audience is largely Westerners, right? And and that kind of thing pushes buttons among Westerners more than anybody. That uh, let I mean, all you got to do is like talk about World War II and not be obviously for or against it you just talk about it just just drop some facts like in in a black metal sauce mm -hmm. just drop some world war ii facts yeah some just some world war ii facts, facts. Like, and yeah like six million like, oh, no, that seems high no 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 it's okay we're we're funded by the uh jewish illuminati so we were allowed to say that shit sure it's actually yeah. true yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, when, when I want to go back real quick, I like the point that you made, but I want to go back real quick because you were talking about uh, posers in black metal. This is something that I hear a sure. lot from black <laughs> metal fans. Uh, there's an obsession, an obsession, Evan, with, with yeah. posers. With posers. What's going yeah. on? What? what first yeah. of all, what does it mean? And second oh, of man. all, what's what's wrong with being a poser? <laughs> <laughs> all right look man oh <laughs> uh, because i know like fucking homies of mine who are black shit, and they're like waiting on my ass to say some fucking goofy shit but um so i'm gonna try and be neutral for a second um it there's a lot of ideas about what a poser is in in black metal uh for i think for most for like your average black metal fan what a poser is is just like somebody who listens to top level mainstream bands somebody who listens to safe stuff the you know the cheesy stuff somebody who doesn't dig deep and and get into deep cut stuff i think that's probably what like on a very basic level that's what a poser is how much yeah. effort you put into finding the obscure shit Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably like on a, a baseline level, like what makes you a poser. But then if you're if you're a deep fucking black metal nerd like myself, like what makes you a poser is um is not listening to like for a lot of us, we listen to primarily we try and only listen to bands that are, you know, what we would consider real black metal, which is if it's not satanic 
disturbing, offensive, scary, in some kind of way, rebellious, and like ultimately rebellious in some kind of way, it's not real black metal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if you're if if you listen to stuff that's not of that ilk, you're you're a poser. <laughs> mm, okay. And I think for a lot of people like myself, it's it's just like kind of fun to fuck with each other and call each other posers. I really I don't give a shit for real what anybody listens to. Fucking right. knock yourself out, you know. But I do have real nerdy opinionated ideas about like what real black metal is and and where the line where you draw the line between like where what's is the real line? and what I uh, man that like so if you're not um if it isn't offensive disturbing satanic okay yeah yeah it's not it's not black metal and and that's quite popular nowadays, especially in like American black metal, which is what's known as USBM, US black metal for short. That stuff sort of skews towards this really, um, it has this huge uplifting melodic spirit to it. This like sort of nature worship vibe, which is, uh, it has like an ecstatic sort of quality to the music. And and some of it's great, you know. Like I love a lot of stuff like that, but I wouldn't call it real black metal because it doesn't bother me in any way when I listen to it. Yeah, no. So like cataplexy, I was listening to. Um, I was going through the list of what you sent of these bands and shit, and uh, this past week, and cataplexy, I had that shit on repeat while uh while dashing around so i'm in the car taking people their food and that shit is evil as fuck i don't even understand most of the (laughs) lyrics but just music except for except for when they're like satan Satan." (laughs) right Right. occasionally (laughs) i know that one (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, he he's got a great vibe. Like Cataplex is a one man band, which is pretty common in black metal, and um, he's got a great, just a a real dark, evil fucking vibe. You know, real moody. Listen to the rest of this lovely conversation. Plus, gain full access to the archives, bonus episodes, read serialized novels on Yugen Junk Weekly, and gain access to the Agitator Discord over on Agitator Z. That's the $5 a month Agitator Z tier on patreon.com slash agitator.